I have, yeah, I have another son called Obi. Is Obi here? No. He's in the shower. <laughs> so he shamed him. He's, it's his birthday today. Oh, I was going to give him a present, but because he didn't come to my seminar, he's not going to get it. Okay, so, yes, I have six kids, so I treat really well all the time. And it's, it's a, what a privilege to be my son, isn't it? Yes. Right, back to my point. Yes, so I'm a husband. I'm a father. I also um, help lead a church down in Brighton. Emmanuel Brighton! I'm not very excited about being part of my church, but that's okay. And uh, yes, I'm part of the leadership team there, being an elder and on staff for 10 years, that kind of stuff. And I look after, we're a multi-site church, we've got four different sites, and I look after one of them, as well as all the young people. Because I love young people, they're great. So that's cool. So I do that. I also am a school governor. Give it up for school governors. I've been a school governor for 10 years, I didn't, and I was, a tr- I was the chair of governors for five years. Most of you have no idea what that means, but it basically means I'm the boss of the headmaster, and I have to make sure they do their jobs right and sack them if they don't do it right, which I have had to do. Hey. So that's quite nice. Um, so I've been doing that for 10 years, but I just stopped doing that. But so there are lots of areas in my life where I get to lead, and it's such a privilege uh, to be a leader. And the Bible talks about leadership as about being following after Jesus. And Jesus is a servant leader. And so actually in all those settings, although I'm the leader, uh, my little kids say, are you the boss of the school? Can you fire the headmaster? So I delicate go, no, not really, but yeah, kind of. And so, uh, but actually it's not about being the boss. It's about serving people in the capacity of leadership. Saying, hey, this is where we're going to go, looking after people, making sure things are done as they should be done, that kind of stuff. And so I love it. And it takes authority. When we talk about authority today, it's about saying, hey, this is the kind of authority we have. And to be a leader in our church, when we talk about leaders, say, if you want to be a leader, you have to be someone who can follow. And so for us, that means, first and foremost, we want to be able to follow Jesus. So if you want to lead in our church, we're saying, well, you can lead here, but you've got to demonstrate the fact that you, first and foremost, that you can follow Jesus. How do we do that? That means, like, can you follow the Bible? Are you good at listening to other uh, kind of church leaders and that kind of stuff as well? Are you someone that can be led? And my story, my true story today, is I'm not someone who is necessarily that easy to lead. I'm not that good a follower, or I wasn't. And I've had to work really hard at it. And God's had to do quite a work in my life, because I don't think it'll surprise you. I'm a bit of a scally wag sometimes. Have you heard that was scanning wag? Or a bit of a rebel. But I'm a bit of a handful sometimes. I'm a bit difficult. But you know what? That's not godly. And, uh, or not, not, in, not in most places it's not godly. And so God's actually quite a work on my life. And so I want to share that with you. Hoping that so, something of it will impact you. Because all of us particularly at your age have to follow someone. Who's got parents? Yeah. Or carers who look after us. Yeah. Who's got teachers? Yeah. Who's got youth leaders? Church leaders, police, counsellors, MPs, all kinds of leaders in our life. And God has given them to you. They're a gift to you. Now, your parents might not always feel like a gift to you. But let me tell you, that is a lie of the enemy. They are a gift to you. God has given you those parents. And some of you think, yeah, my parents are really awful. Or my carers are really awful. You have no understanding. Well, that's, that, that, sometimes that is the case. But that's mostly the rarity. Most of us are people who really do love and care for us. They're not perfect. My parents aren't perfect. My dad's just walked in. What? Um, he's, that's him. There, with the blue cap on. Hey, Dad. And uh, he's not really. He's somewhere else in the room. I'm not going to point him out because uh, he'll tell me off. Uh, so, but, yes, we all have parents who love and care for us. And the enemy, as young people, would love to say that. When I say the enemy, I mean Satan, the devil. Literally, we like to tell you that your parents are not good and they're not for you and you shouldn't listen to you. 
shouldn't, shouldn't listen to them. And uh, they're against you. And I just want to come against that today. And so I want to say, hey, let us as young people, as just people generally, be those who are good at following. That's the first thing. Because if you want to be a leader, you want to be able to follow first. So let me tell you some of my story. So I grew up in an amazing household. I have an older brother called Paul, who's on the team here at New Day, a sister called Kay, who lives in Birmingham. And uh, I love them both. And we've got great parents who brought us up in uh, Christianity in a great church. Uh, my dad was a pastor, a leader of a church as well, and that kind of stuff. And we had a wonderful uh, childhood. And, uh, but as a kid, I was a little bit scrawny. Okay, so my brother was quite a bit bigger than me, stronger, better looking, and uh, he's not, is he in the room? Oh, he's in the room. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's like, yeah, more, more. Yeah. So, um, and now he's working for me at 12 to 14s. That's how it works out, people. Uh, so, but... Um, yeah, and, and so I was a bit scrawny as a kid. I also, um, I developed a little bit late. So all my mates, I just had, I had unusually tall mates, I think, and a big guys. And so I was actually a scrawny one of my friendship group as well. And so I was never, ever going to win a fight or kind of a physical contest. So I thought, how else can I shine? I thought, I can get really good at mocking people. Yes, that's what I'm going to give my life to. And so I think I've done very well. Thank you very much. I think it's a skill I've acquired brilliantly, uh, but also tragically. Because uh, basically I thought, okay, I am really good at sensing where people's weak spots are, which is a past is brilliant. So now I get to use it all the time. I'm thinking, I'm really sensitive. I cry quite easily as well. And I'm quite sensitive to people and where they're at and what's going on in their lives. I actually really care about how Zach is doing this week, believe it or not, and do think about him quite often. And we have actually rewarded him. We're just not telling people from the stage. And so, Zach, we've been looking after because you know, I actually love people, believe it or not. And, uh, and I sense how they're feeling, which is really good as a pastor because you can get around them, you can protect them, you can build them up, you encourage them. As a young person, though, you think, right, that's the button they're going to press. And I know how to bully someone. think that's their weak spot. And I can just pick away at it. And I spent a lot of my childhood doing it to my siblings, doing it to kids at school. I was a full-on bully. Not a big bully bully you'd be scared of, but just someone who was quite clever with my words. Just be able to pick away at other people. Just make other people feel a bit smaller. Why? Because it made me feel a bit bigger. Suddenly I had authority. Suddenly I had this kind of leadership. I'd kind of stolen it in that moment. Suddenly everyone's laughing at my joke at that person's expense. And those are the kind of seeds I sowed in my life and my character as a young person. So my kind of, particularly as I got to this into senior school, I look back and I think of some kids who I just, probably on a weekly basis, just had a little chip away at. Why? Because it made me feel a little bit taller and a little bit bigger. And I've had to go to serious repentance. As I think about them, I was like, oh God, please bless them wherever they are in later, in, later in life. Please don't let them be left with any sense of trauma, that kind of stuff. So that's kind of it. But I didn't just leave it at people like my peers. I started as realizing, actually, you can do it with adults as well. So I would do it to my parents, and I had to push their buttons as well, and uh, my teachers too. And uh, I was so awful in my design and technology GCSE that I don't know whether my dad knows this, so this is going to be new information for my dad. Um, they didn't let me attend my design and technology classes in the last two terms of my GCSE because I was just so appalling in class. And uh, I got, generally got good grades, but I ended up getting an E in design and tech because I basically just didn't really attend for the last two terms because they just like said, you've got to go in a different room because you're just too hard work. You're just constantly badgering the teacher. And then, um, my dad's going to learn loads of things now. There's another teacher in um, IT, IS, whatever you call it, computer studies. 
And um, he was a guy from another nation, and so his English wasn't perfect. And I'm not a racist, but I thought, oh, that's a weak spot. I'll just pick on that. And just over and over and over a few weeks, just wore him down to the point where he really shouted at the class and then left. And that evening, my principal rings our house. And uh, they ring the landlord and they ask for Mr. Dawson. And who picks up the phone? But my brother, Paul. He picks up the phone. He says, he doesn't know who he is at that point. He's like, yeah, I'll take it. I'm 16. Yeah, I'm Mr. Dawson. He's like, it's Principal Tanner. And he's like, this is also his principal. He's like, uh, yes. He's like, just want to talk to you about Stephen. He's like, sure, let's talk about Stephen. And so the teacher then explains how awful I've been in this class, etc., etc., etc. And my brother says, yes, I just to me assure you, we will deal with that most severely. Thank you so much for calling us. Great. Puts the phone down, runs upstairs to go, you're not going to believe it was on the phone. I was like, what? He's like, you are going to so owe me big time. And so he explains it to me. I'm like, oh, pants, this is not going well. This is a little bit of context for you. I'm a full-on praying, relieving, Bible-reading Christian at this point. But just my life just was like, at church, I'm this. Even some of my friendship, I'm this. But in this one area, I'm absolutely right, royally screwing it up. And uh, so I'm like, oh, I better change. I better, better this class is not good. I don't want the, the principal to ring again. The next week, um, we're lined up in the corridor, ready to go into computer studies. And I'm leaning against the wall. You know when you're leaning against the wall, your feet are just sticking out slightly. Just talking to my mate, kids on both sides. This teacher is walking down the corridor, carrying papers, doesn't see my feet, trips over my feet, papers go flying. He's like, and the whole, the whole corridor goes, Ooh, no way, you tripped him up. I did trip you up, I did trip that. You did, you did that. He's like seething straight away. Doesn't, doesn't unlock the classroom, straight back to the principal. I get called back in like, Steve, do you not listen to your parents? I was like, I do listen to them, I promise. So I was just a bit of a night, but they didn't believe me. Because like, we've well, just done this for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. We can't believe it. Of course you tripped him up. So anyway, so that's me through secondary school, just being a, a bit of a rebel in that way. You know, you wouldn't think I was particularly rebellious at school. But just what I was doing, though, is I was just I was forming and shaping my character. Right now, your characters are shaping. The adults that you are going to be are not that different to the people you are right now. The choices, the kind of person you're choosing to be right now is the kind of person you're going to end up being. So if you're selfish, or if you're a bit rebellious, like very rebellious, like I am, or a bit of a liar... I'm a bit of a liar, I'm just a bit of a liar as well. Just a serial liar. I'd lie about anything and anything just for the sake of it. Just because it's like, well, it might make me look a bit better in a situation. If you start acting like that now, that sticks with you. There are patterns of behavior that you're going to get into. So I carried on being like that. And uh, then we uh, moved town to another town. And uh, I started doing my A-levels at a college. And the rebellion, kind of this kind of rebelliousness, trying to look better, that kind of stuff, started coming out in other ways. I was not very happy about the move that we've made. I was quite angry at my parents, quite angry at God. So I stopped going to church, uh, didn't stop kind of communicating with my, my parents much. And I just fierce, I want to be fiercely independent. I want to be, it's about me. And, uh, you know, we're talking about we want to walk in God's authority. You know, you're made to have authority. Right at the beginning, when God made Adam and Eve, uh, he said to them, hey, go and rule over the wor- world. Go and subdue it. Go and have authority over it. And that carries on today. That's what we're meant to do. We're meant to go out into the world, use our giftings, use who we are to be a blessing, to take authority, to do good things in the world. And if you're a Christian here, the Bible also says that we're going to rule and reign with Jesus for all eternity. We are going to be part of his royal family doing that. But during this time on earth, 
the de- Satan whispers to us, like he whispers to Adam and Eve, saying, no, 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 build your own little kingdom. Don't build God's kingdom, build your own little kingdom. And that's what I started doing. I started thinking, no, no, I want to be my own person. And I stand on my own two feet. And so I thought, how do I get out of this situation? How do I get out from being under my parents' roof where I can be the man, where I can sort it out? So what I did is I played the lottery for every Saturday and Wednesday. During the time I played, I, I stayed in Weymouth. 8, 15, 25, 29, 45, and 49. And uh, there were my numbers, Wednesday and Saturday. And over two years, I won. Absolutely zip. Thank you, Jesus. I do. I thank him for it. Because I thought, oh, do you know what I mean? just zip. And I thought, well, that's not going to work. Well, then I'm going to work really hard at college. I'm going to work at maths. I'm going to get into finance and do really well. Turns out, wasn't that good at maths. <laughs> so plan A, gambling, didn't work. Plan B, bat maths, didn't work out that well either. And so they're just like, oh, I'm just screwing this up. And eventually just came to a place where actually I need God. And uh, I just, like I said, stopped listening to my parents. And I started going out with this really hot chick. And uh, at the age of 16. And uh, I was like, yeah, I can handle a relationship. I'm man enough for this. Yeah, I can be all that she needs, that kind of stuff. And uh, my parents were just like, they, they said to me, we don't think this is a very good relationship for you. I think you might have said you're probably not in a very good relationship, place to be in a relationship. And she's also quite a bit older than you. And so I basically just put my fingers in my ear and went, la, 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 I'm not listening to you. What do you know about life? Ugh. What do you know about life? They know everything. They're so wise. It's ridiculous. But I just didn't listen to them. I just thought, no, no, this relationship's good. I want it. I'm going to have it. And I know her parents, Christian parents as well, were saying to her, don't go into this relationship. Don't have this relationship. It's not good for you. And sure enough, it wasn't. It was so unhealthy. I was her emotional crutch. I was, I was just basically trying to be Jesus for her. And uh, she had a job and money, so I basically was using her as a bank. And, uh, and also physically as well. I just got met, getting my needs met in that relationship. wasn't loving her as God calls us to love each other. And so it was just an unhealthy relationship. And I look back and think, why did we do that? Why were we in that relationship? It was just so wrong and so just, just unhealthy. And uh, I ended up cheating on her. More reasons to boo me. And, um, and I kissed another girl. It's all, kind of stuff. It's all messy. And then, um, and then I dumped her. And uh, she's very funny. She then sent me a card. You know when someone dies, you send them a card saying, sorry for your loss. She sent me one of those cards. Sorry for your loss. Like... You are a plonker. What are you thinking? I was the best thing for your life and you dumped me. And I was like, whatever. Anyway, so we didn't go out. And then during the year, we actually ended up starting going back out again a year later. But in the year that we weren't going out, God just met both of us. And uh, God has challenged me. He was like, what are you doing with your life? Your plan A and your plan B is not working. Your heart is dark and horrible. You don't actually like mocking people. It doesn't make you feel, it makes you feel good for that moment. But you lay awake at night hurting for the people you've hurt. Why? Because I've given you a sensitive heart that actually cares for people. And so you're, you're just screwing your life up. And so I ended up having a gap year. And while I was on a gap year, I just kind of came back to God and said, okay, let's sort this out. And then I went to university in Brighton. I started going out with that girl again who then became my gorgeous wife. And, uh, and we just built a wonderful relationship together. But both of us will tell you we wish we hadn't done that first 18 months. We just wish we just were not in the right place, spiritually, age-wise, any of that stuff. It was just wrong, 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 wrong. That was right that we were together, but we could have been a great brother and sister in Christ together. Really encourage each other, help each other get our eyes fixed on Jesus. We didn't do that, and I so wish that we had. Uh, but we got together, and then we started living out. And I came out to God and started serving in the church. But what I started realizing was that the, the seeds of rebellion that I'd sown in my life right through my teenage years 
was, had, had, had kind of so grown and so wrapped up my heart, it was quite hard on me to back out of those rebellious ways. It was just my way of thinking. If I, if, if I saw someone I could take down, I would just take them down, particularly if they were in leadership. So the guy who did the student work at the time, I was just a nightmare. I was behind his back, to his face, public setting, anywhere. I'd quite happily tell him, this is how you should do your job. This is the way, what are you doing? What are you thinking? I didn't know anything about church leadership, but I just thought I was a know-it-all. And uh, it was just, all that kind of just kept coming out all the time. And uh, I was just a bit of a nightmare for them, to be honest with you. And then, at the end of my university, I did an internship for the church. But I had encouraging kind of the older teens to think about for doing, maybe doing an internship for New Day. Maybe you guys will do that. Uh, just give me a, a year for God. And uh, in the first couple of weeks of my internship, we heard some teaching about honoring others and leaders and authority. And I sat there and it broke me. I was like, that's just not who I am. I'm just a horrible person. I was like, God, you must hate me. How could you like me? And, uh, and God was like, no, I do love you. And I've made you to be who you are. I've made you to be sensitive. I've made you to spot people's weaknesses. In fact, I've even made you to spot where leaders aren't doing things as well as they can. But there's a different way to then hold that. You're meant to lead with authority that comes with serving and loving and gentleness. And I just flipped things for me. So I found myself in meetings with leaders thinking, how can I honor the person who's leading? How can I make their life easier? Who here makes their life pretty hard for their youth worker at times? Okay, some of you need to repent for lying. I just don't believe that. I know your youth leaders. Some of you, you make life hard for youth leaders. You know what the Bible says? Be a joy for those who are over you. I was thinking, God, how can I be a joy for those over you? And I've spent some things... Um, just stop. Like Dan was saying in it, early in the talk, he was saying when he became a Christian, he just stopped swearing. There's something about being with God, just, just stopped for him. For me, rebellion wasn't one of those things that stopped. It's one of those things that God, by his grace, has let me just chip away at. Bit by bit, God's been taking a bit off at a time so I can grow and know him more. That I can share my story of it as I continue to work it out. And I've got great people around me who I said, even coming into this week, I said, guys, can you just have my back? I want to make sure I'm walking the line right between having fun and not screwing people over too much. <laughs> and they said, you've seen you've done really well this week. <laughs> Still working on it. I said earlier that we stayed up late night. Stay, we stayed up late last night having chatsies at our campsite. And uh, we were being fairly raucous, to be fair. And uh, someone came over, one of our team comes over and says, uh, guys, I think you should keep it down. I was thinking, yeah, you're right. I meant to, <laughs> I meant to go to bed like two hours ago. You're right. That's the thought. The thing comes out like, yeah, of course we will. Of course we will. Let's give a round of applause to the person who tells us to be quiet. They just mock them. I was like, I was like what am I doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm talking about honoring people tomorrow. So, so I was like, so anyway, so I joked for a bit and I had to go back and say, look, I'm really sorry for that, by the way. <laughs> like, I just don't want to be that person. Actually, what you said was really good. You're leading us excellently. We should all go to bed. Everyone be quiet. But I know it sometimes just spills out my heart still. But it's okay. At that point, it's like, God, forgive me. Help me to be the man I want to be. So my encouragement for you, what are you like right now? What are you like in your youth group? What are you like in your family? What are you like in your school? Do you respect the people that God has given you? Do you listen to them? Do you take on the advice that they give you? And we don't have to take it on unquestionably. We don't have to say, if they say, I'm going to do it. But you can say, but I want to take it seriously. I'm going to second guess myself. I'm not going to insist on my own way. 
So the Bible says, 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 what is love? Love is not insisting on your own way. But saying, you know what, I'm going to submit to what someone else is going to say about that. Where does that land with you? My prayer is that we have a generation of teenagers rise up and say, you know what, we know how to lead with authority. Why? Because we're able to follow authority. Authorities, politicians, everyone, they're mocked and berated all the time. That's not how we're meant to be. What we're meant to do for our leaders, we're meant to what for them? Pray for them. That's what the Bible says. We're to pray for them. We're to bless them. That, you know what? That includes your parents. When was the last time you prayed for your parents? God, help my parents do a good job of parenting me. Have you ever prayed that? That's a great prayer to pray. You know, because God will bless you. When you honor your parents, you respect your parents, the Bible promises you that you have a long life and life will go well for you. It says, hey, there's benefit to listening to your parents, to respecting and honoring them. So I'm going to pray for us in a minute. I think some of us, in fact, most of us, I can't believe there's anyone in here who has not dishonored a leader in the last season. And you say, God, I'm sorry. Help me not be like that. Help me be, have your heart towards leaders. Why? Because you are the ultimate leader. And they are a representation of you. And when I dishonor them, I dishonor you. So when you dishonor a leader, you're dishonoring Jesus. And so actually you need to say sorry to him. It may be that you need to go back and say sorry to a leader as well. Maybe a youth leader, maybe a parent, maybe even a teacher. I would love to go back and apologize to some of my teachers. Just say, I'm so sorry I made your life hard. Being a teacher is hard enough already. Sorry. I can't do that. But you might be able to do that. There may be people you can say sorry, say sorry for that. And then pray, God, help me be someone who so understands authority that you then give me authority to go and lead in other settings as well. I told you earlier that I lead a site in Brighton and I'm actually am leading a new site this term. Me and my wife planted one seven years ago. <laughs> Just uh, having a bit of a cough, I'm all right. Uh, me and my wife planted a site seven years ago and uh, out we had different sites, and we planted out with a whole bunch of guys, and I've been leading it the last seven years, and we have the most quality church of all time. We literally have the best church, and we made Brighton Race Course for seven years, and we love them, and we're in the process of raising up another amazing couple uh, to lead them, and uh, we're just going to be part of the congregation while they, they led, and we're going to kind of um, mentor them and look after them, that kind of stuff. And then uh, one of the guys on one of the other sites uh, left, uh, left, left staff to go and do something else. And uh, the leadership team came to me and Emma, my wife, and said, would you guys move site and come and lead this new one? And uh, which, which, which is what we've done. And it's quite emotional for us because it's massively hard leaving the best church of all time that we love with all our hearts and go and lead a new one, which is now the best one of all time. Uh, <laughs> you're just changing. And it's costly for us. And uh, someone asked me a couple of weeks ago, they said, Wow, that must have been a really hard decision. How did you come to it? I suddenly realized at no point had I considered the decision. I just said yes. Why? Because the leaders I lead with and lead over me, I just trust them. I trust them with my life. I trust them with the church. And when they asked me, I just said, yeah, of course we'll do that. That's fine. And it's not because it's not costly. It's emotional for me. It's emotional for my wife. It's hard that we're walking through it. It's exciting too. But we're like, but we want to be submitted to leadership. Why? Because we know when we do it, God honors that. God is able to look after us. When your parents, when your teachers, when other people ask you to do hard things, you can do it knowing that as you do it, you're honoring God. And God has your back.
Um, I'm going to pray. So I need to get myself sorted. And then we're going to have a bit of ministry time. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for my story. I thank you that you knew I was going to be a rebellious young person. You knew that I was going to be a rebellious 36-year-old as well. I thank you that's why you went to the cross. You died for all my mess-ups. Thank you your blood covers me perfectly. I thank you that's true for me and that's true for everyone in this room as well. That when we come and repent, when we come and say sorry, you forgive us. And I thank you that there's power in your name to break every chain, including rebellion, even patterns of behavior we've got into. And Lord, thank you that you can do that in a moment. Sometimes we walk it out. We trust you for the wisdom in that, Lord God. But we're asking, God, help us be the men and women that you want us to be. Thank you. You know the name of each person in this room. You know their situation. You know the authority that you're calling them into, Lord God. I thank you that you see their sin. And Holy Spirit, I pray would you bring conviction right now. I pray where my story is convicting them a little bit. Maybe it's bullying in a, in a school setting. Maybe it's not acting right towards a parent. Whatever it is, I pray. Just pray. Would you just come now? I've different ones. Just bring conviction. Just show them in their heart that something needs to get sorted. And Lord, that they might now come and bring it before you. And as they do, that you, they might then receive forgiveness and freedom to be who you've created them to be. Lord, I thank you. You're calling us into a different kind of leadership in the world. You're not calling us just to boss it over people, lord it over people. No, you're calling us to be like Jesus, to serve and love other people. Please help us to do that. In your mighty name, amen. So, who feels like they need forgiveness for some stuff today? Just put your hands up. Simple. You, should, you won't be the only one. Just saying, hey God, you've convicted my heart. There's leaders I've not treated right. I've not spoken well to my parents. I've not responded to their wisdom. That's me. Great, that's brave. That's good. Why just where you are? Why don't we all just close our eyes again? Just, just, just take a few moments in the quiet. Just, just say sorry to God. Just say what's on your heart. Say, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please help me act different from this point on. Just do it together.